These are tales of danger and the pursuit of endless riches. Adventurers and heroes from all parts of the world charging into the unknown, setting steel and magic against the most impossible foes, with each time wondering if this would be the last. Storms gather on the horizon, and evil rises from the waters of despair. These are tales of endless adventure. These are the Awakened Fables. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cold War of Thogcha. I am Dungeon Master Sam, and with me today we have the full group of Addison, Luke E, Luke F, Michael, and Rob. As of the last session, the group were able to successfully um, vanquish the Fae Lady Rhiannon, who had at that time been maintaining a court in the highest keep of the sorry in the high royal keep of Thogcha. After her defeat, they were able to escape from the royal keep and head th make their way back down to the warehouse, where they uh, had to report in that they had unfortunately lost the capacity to try and. Uh, recreate the cold iron dagger um, which they had as a result uh, they began to turn their attention to other plans specifically to try and get the powers and abilities back of the last member of the party tinkret now tinkret's abilities allegedly lay deep uh, within the riverbed and the group along with the other warriors of the clans were able to establish that it's likely that his power is being held in the court of the storm hag from there, they uh, got her attention, and in doing so managed to completely destroy the warehouse. And after that, they began to make a barter with the Fae Queen for passage into her demi-plane. After a quick negotiation, the group were eventually allowed in, and as of the end of the last session, they were um, just reveling in the sight of the Storm Hag's palace, which currently lies within her own private demi-plane on, on the Fae Wilds. Now, guys, as of last session, I did mention that you might need to brush up on some of your underwater interactions just in case things happen. Um, being a DM, I have tried to preempt exactly what you guys are going to do. I'm probably going to fail horribly, so uh, if you guys need help or prompting regarding underwater rules, especially when it comes to fireballs and uh, lightning bolts, please let me know. Alrighty. So, whoa. That's music. <laughs> it was Rhiannon, sorry. <laughs> sure. Now, um, as uh, uh, right at the end of the last session, you guys had been welcomed into the demiplane by the Storm Hag herself, who advised that you were now here under the rules of hospitality, which determines that while you are here, she is responsible for feeding and housing you. At, but at the same time, you are not allowed to harm hers or anyone around her, and uh, sorry, or any of her other guests. And likewise, they are not allowed to harm you. You did also get a brief glimpse of the changeling who currently embodies Tinkret's powers, and as and that was where we finished our last session. So, to set the scene for you guys now, this is going to be the first day that you are within um, the demi uh, the Stormhag's Demi-Plane. You have spent at least one night here, but not too much has happened overnight. You have been advised that you, there is the expectation that you attend both her day court and potentially her night court, but you must attend one or the other at some point during that um, your stay here. Now, the only other thing that you guys were made aware of is that... Um, uh, 
According to Solothime, the man who is currently taking charge of the clans back in Thogcha, you must be wary about consuming any food while in a Fey realm. So, do you guys have any personal sustenance that you're able to subsist on, or do you guys have any ideas about how to get around that? Uh, I have presumably very wet travel rations. Mm-hmm. I think Donald Duck just uh, joined the campaign, so guys, be prepared to not be healed ever. <laughs> I thought he was meant to be a um, beluga whale or something. <laughs> I really hope you're using a voice modifier because if you're doing that like manually, Addison, your throat is going to hurt after 20 minutes. I think you might be using uh, alien balloons. <laughs> anyway. What? Okay, we can't understand you. <laughs> um, according to the Discord, he said BRB. <laughs> All right, well. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so as I said just prior to the recording, guys, I'm going to be trying a different style of DMing for this just to um, keep the story going and keep it a little bit... It will result with you guys getting a little bit more segmented, but I'm hoping a little bit more character spotlight on each of you since I'm aware I can be very bad with uh, sharing the spotlight, especially with some of the more uh, charismatic members of the party. So... Gentlemen, we start our tale with the first of our little challenges. Norloth. So, a subtle comment from the Stormhag has set you to pondering. He knows that the, le uh, the legends that mortals who eat the food of the Fae are doomed to remain caught in their realms forever. However, you're not entirely sure as to whether this is a spell or something innate to the realms themselves. So, it's research time. How would you like to approach this particular problem? You may. Alright, so when you detect the magic, you are not able to detect anything out of any sorts. It feels like this magic is devoid, sorry, this food is devoid of any magic that you're able to detect whatsoever. However, even holding the food, you are still able to sense the thormic presence of a power that you're still not overly aware of. More importantly, was it intentional? Uh, no, I was, I was playing around with the voice mod with my mates and then I probably forgot to... I probably, like, <laughs> loaded up after I booted up the computer and someone kicked in. Ah, got it. <laughs> All right. Hey, we, we were entertained. Okay. So, Luke, for this particular one, I would probably recommend either an Arcana or a Nature check. Again, I am always willing to accept other alternatives as well. I'm going to go Nature. Nature. All right. Hit me up. 24. Wow. Somebody actually passed a Nature check in one of my, in one of my podcasts. Yeah. 
<sighs> okay. So, it's taken much gentle probing and the creative use of a chamber pot. However, Norloth can say conclusively that the charm that seems to bind people to this plane appears to be innate to the plane itself. However, after multiple testing and an exhaustive array of experiments, you have been able to slam together a special charm that can temporarily stave off these effects. However, this charm is going to be at the cost of a level 2 spell slot per person you cast it on, and that will last for 24 hours per person. No worries. Alright, so... Yeah, if someone were to have a fake creature living in their skull, would the magic work the same way? That depends. What sort of check do you want to figure that out for? With? Trial and error. <laughs> Trial and error. Alright. So what you're saying is your character is going to eat something and you just want to eventually... Let me be notified in case it becomes relevant later. Yes. Okay, noted. All right. So, Luke, Norloth's experimentations are going to be taking place throughout the day. So at the same time, guys, you the rest of you will be up to various things. But um, is there anything else you would also like to set your efforts to at uh, while you're also, also either attending the day court or helping out your friends with some other things as they pop up? Can I get the hag's permission to possibly go to its research library? Or... Mm-hmm. All right. So upon approaching the storm hag during her day course, you do the what you presume are customary uh, greetings before you ask permission. Um, is there anything you would like to do to uh, bolster your request or are you just going to do a flat request? Um, do a flat request. Do a flat request. All right. So the Stormhag lounges on her throne. She is the epitome of horror and um and ugliness that you've ever seen from any particular humanoid as she leers down at you today it seems that she only has one particularly bucked tooth which is just kind of constantly poking out of her mouth along with a variety of warts which all seem to have one or two very wiry looking hairs just um coming from the end of them in doing so she leans down from her chair and she just leers at you I am, uh, you wanna use one of my beloved phase experimentation laboratories? Is there any reason why I should allow this? Frankly, I see it to my detriment if, uh, some of my lovely guests and attempt to leave here prematurely. It's not about leaving here prematurely. I'm just, as a scholar, I'm always interested in knowledge and just want to do my best while I'm here to learn. Hmm. So with that, she begins to tap on her nose before you can see a quick glimmer of interest in her eyes, which she very quickly tries to hide. All right, my boy, you know what? I enjoy a challenge here. I'll give you use of one of my uh, 
whatever you call it, research rooms. We'll just clear out a room somewhere and I'll have some of my uh, my boys wait on you. But um, if you, you only have today to try and solve this particular dilemma and at tonight we will engage in a, an immense feast and of course I expect to see you and your uh, comrades partaking their full fill. It would hurt the feelings of the cooks, you know, if you just try and avoid their cooking. Alrighty, so obviously we already have the outcome for that particular one. Um, so from there, you are provided with a small room where you are waited on by a specific fae. You aren't allowed near any particular library or source of knowledge, but when you do request an item, the fae very quickly arranges for it to be delivered to you. Um, quick thing, with that food thing, if I upcast it, can I do more people at once? Um, so hit me up with an arcana. Six. Wow, you're rolling really well tonight. All right. Um, if you are inclined to upcast it, then yes, you'll be able to hit more people at once. So for a level five spell slot, you'll be able to hit ten or more. Uh, sorry, ten. Um, for a level four spell slot, you'll be able to hit five. Cool. I'm just gonna get all of us right now with that. All right. And because of my what is it? Tomb of your tomb of what now? My aspect of the moon. Ah. I can actually have a short rest while you're reading. So. Yeah, convenient. Yeah, that works out well. Excellent. All right, so for the rest of you gents, uh, that will be being put on you tonight before the uh, feast that the Stormcoin Hag has uh, mentioned. In the meantime, let's jump over to the next segment that's in line, which belongs to Will Ferrell. Alright, um, so, during a break between the sessions of a court held by the Storm Hag, Will found himself wandering the grounds of the palace. A large noise draws his attention, and he finds himself witnessing several fae attempting to wrangle and calm an immense seahorse, large enough for a person to ride upon. Will's quick eye determines that the fae are having difficulty taming the creature, and, if helped, could owe him a favour. So, the Fae are more inclined to just outright ignore your current presence as their attention is exclusively on the seahorse who is pretty much giving the underwater equivalent of bucking around. Uh, you see one of the Fae get swiftly smacked directly in the head by the tail of the seahorse and a small gush of silvery green blood just billows from the Fae's head. All right. Animal friendship. This spell lets you convince a beast that you'll mean it no harm. Choose a beast you can see within range. It must see or hear you. If the beast's intelligence is four or higher, the spell will fail. Let me just double check. I probably should have gotten up the giant seahorse stat block before we started, huh? Do, 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 do. 
There it is. All right, Giant Seahorse has an intelligence of two. Okay, so flavor it up for me. What happens with your spell here? So, um, with Animal Friendship, you're going to be guaranteed that you can uh, functionally befriend it, shockingly. Um, so, as you do so, you see, uh, pretty much begin to ignore the various Fae who are currently around you, who are taking a step back as you begin to do what they are incapable of doing. It takes a few minutes of further ministration as the, it seems that the seahorse has been very thoroughly worked up and enraged, but by the end of that, you now have a fairly quiet seahorse stallion who is kind of staring at you as if he'd never seen anything quite like you. Speak with animals. You gain the ability to comprehend and verbally communicate with anim with beasts for the duration. I'm fairly sure that it extends to underwater things, unless there's a really stupid division. Uh, large beast. Yep, we're good. All right. So the um, stream of information that you begin to get from the seahorse, it basically begins to agree with you in that it seems that it is incredibly upset due to it having been... Um, attempted to be tamed and ridden when the seahorse itself would like to confirm that he is definitely a very powerful seahorse and does not need to deal with the uh, indignified behavior of being ridden by one of these fae. So, the incredibly offended look that you receive from the majority of the fake keepers is probably worth it enough for you to just continue on and mind uh, whatever you're doing. However, as you as everybody begins to shuffle off, you are very quickly approached by someone who is looking a little bit more official than the rest of them. Um, it seems that the head of the animal taming unit is a little bit more... Uh, polite than his various comrades and as a result he seems a little bit more willing to try and bring up a conversation with you specifically he begins to ask you as to your particular skills and abilities to tame wild creatures as he has never seen anybody manage to tame and handle a stallion seahorse with quite that level of expertise in quite so short a time Just, just 
surely you must know your ancestors. You don't quite meet people who are capable of dealing with uh, creatures this well without having an, either a noble ancestry or a blessing by one of the nature gods. Well, maybe you have some fey heritage indeed, but regardless, it, your expertise is hand, heads and shoulders over that of my my own men. If uh, by any chance might I infringe upon you to return here tomorrow, I, I believe I might have a task that you may be able to help with me with, and it is always wonderful to have somebody here that I can rely upon and not need to instruct. He gives a bit of a bow. I cannot think of any reward at the moment, but if you leave it with me, then I will do my best to see you suitably compensated for your time. Excellent. All right. And so, uh, how do you spend the rest of your day until Norloth casts the spell? Getting some fresh water. Sorry, getting some fresh water. Um, yeah, probably just strolling. Nothing, nothing much uh, on my mind. Yep. Alrighty. So just taking it easy for the most part until such time as Norloth is able to enchant you. Excellent. Alrighty. Let us move on to number three, Solturum. Alright. So, Luke. During one of the breaks of the day court of the Stormhag, Solturum's attention is attracted by a harassed-looking fae carrying various magical reagents that, if stored together incorrectly, is liable to result in a fairly large explosion likely to wipe out the palace. Being a good person, he follows this fae and comes across the scene of several fae attempting to stabilize and protect the powerful wards which protect the demiplane, which appears to be coming under attack from an outside force. If Solturum is able to help, he might be able to get a glimpse of the protective spells and wards which guards this palace as well as its valuables. So, upon you following in um, the person carrying the magical reagents, you are immediately approached by one of the lesser mages who simply stops you before he um, very bossily says, Guests of the Queen are not welcome in this area. Please leave. He gives a bit of a sniff before he just looks you disdainfully up and down. And exactly what do you think a mortal like yourself might be able to contribute to the magical arts of we, the, the immortal fae? The fan question. Something I'd expect from a mortal peasant. So the fan question just looks at you 
probably a little bit astounded at the sheer back talk that you just said before your attention is drawn by a fairly loud laugh which echoes from the corner of the room. A elderly and venerable looking fey uh, woman um, strolls over before she just abruptly dismisses the younger mage. Uh, don't mind him. He uh, seems to believe that we are all powerful here when uh, it is quite obvious that there are mortals who are capable of standing toe-to-toe with even some of our greatest kings and queens. I apologize for your entrance. Um, how may we help you? There's no need for an apology. I observe that you are having some difficulty repelling um, the force which is attacking you at the moment, and as a guest of Of course. Well, the particular problem that we're encountering is that we're dealing with an incredibly powerful force which is coming from outside the demiplane, so within the Feywilds or potentially even outside them as well. Our particular problem, however, is that we at the moment do not have enough trained spellcasters to handle a attack of this particular magnitude. We may be able to get around it if we have a sufficient uh, infusion of power, but I suppose a accurate or more delicate uh, pinpointed use of the magical arts and theory might uh, also succeed just as well. If you are sufficiently powerful, then we would welcome any help that you may be able to lend to us. Um, can I do an arcana check to see if I can reach my senses out to, set, to see whether I can work out what this is? Uh, yeah, sure. As in to determine what the threat might be. All right, so with a 25, it takes you a quick moment before you are abruptly interrupted by the mage in question who simply holds up her hands and interrupts your concentration with a wait. With that, she gestures over to one of the various monitoring devices and um, abruptly tells the fey person sitting there to simply get out. Now, when he does, you are invited to sit down at the monitoring device, and with that, you are able to abruptly feel your senses expand enough that you are fairly certain that you could probably peer into other planes just using this particular device if you were so inclined. However, with this in mind, you begin to assess the threat coming towards you, and you are able to identify it as being of an eldritch uh, origin. It appears to be a source or force which seems to be alien to the very universes themselves. Now, it does so happen that you do have the knowledge about how best to dissuade these particular forces from uh, attacking or at least getting onto the planes itself, so if you are inclined, then you may be able to provide that help to the mages at the current time. Alternatively, you do also suppose that you contain enough power that you will be able to bolster the wards here enough that they will deter the invasion itself. So it would require, by your estimation, 15 levels of spell slots to defu- uh, to stave off the invasion.
very, very dangerous situation. There is presently an, uh, an Eldritch horror um, trying to break its way into this plane. But I think I might be able to provide the assistance you need to strengthen your wards and repel the attack. At the current time, we would be... You can see the facial expression on the mage's uh, face just completely change to one of mild distaste before she almost regrettably lets out, I would be within your debt if you would be capable of helping us turn this back. It is... Unfortunately, m many of our forces are dedicated to the Feywilds and we otherwise may look at... Um, having to request help of the storm hag herself and it is unlikely any of us would survive if we drew her ire No worries. Alright, so it appears that the mages that are currently in the room are doing their best in order to provide the direct amount of power, but it looks like they do not have enough to make up those 15 level spell slots. Unfortunately, it would have to come from your personal... Um, So just 15 levels worth of spell slots. So, you know, 3 level 5s, 5 level 3s, so on. No worries. Okay. All right. Is there a particular right. flavor you'd like to provide to that process? Perfect. 
All right. So the process that you have described uh, continues to go on, and some of the fey mages, unfortunately, are a little bit too weakened in order to and. Uh, eventually, once they are drained of their power, do fall unconscious. However, you are able to maintain this magical um, protection, and with the final push of the um, Eldritch Abomination out of the plane, you feel a sudden sense of relief, a lack of pressure that you hadn't really noticed up to this point from the center of your brain. It feels like something that had previously been there worrying at you has now disappeared. There is abruptly a sigh of relief from the mage who had uh, requested your help, and she gives a bit of a smile towards you. <sighs> it has been some time since we've had to repel a singular attack of that particular magnitude. I, I cannot thank you enough, mortal, but uh, I, I will see if there is something that I might be able to arrange. It is... We do obviously have quite a number of magical reagents here, but being in the Feywild, I would assume that you might uh, prefer something that would be a bit more unusual to you of the mortal realms. Uh, I can possibly arrange a magical item for you, but um, if you bear with me, I might be able to arrange to have a spell from my personal spell book sent to you t on the morn. So the mage in question just gives a bit of a shrug to her shoulders, almost nonchalantly. It is a consequence of being a, uh, I, I suppose, servant of a fey queen. They themselves begin to approach godlike powers, and as a result, they draw the attention of those who seek to subhume it and consume it. We have dealt with these things. Sorry? Most impressive that you've been able to hold those off before, So she gives a bow and then immediately snaps her fingers. Uh, one of the servants around bolsters up, uh, sorry, rushes up. Uh, servant, you are to see to this mage's needs, um, ensure that he is comfortable and that he receives uh, nourishing food to ensure that his magical um, powers are replenished as quickly as possible. So with that, the servant just rushes off and begins to get that prepared. You do spend the rest of the day being pampered, but I assume actively avoiding the food until Norloth is capable of casting the spell. Yes, I'm not particularly hungry. Yep, no worries. Okay, nice work. You guys are actually doing really well with these challenges so far. All right. Um, who is up next? Ooh, we have Tinkret. Hello. Are you ready, Rob? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the popcorn out. <laughs> All right. So, Tinkrit. The changeling appears to have all of Tinkrit's abilities, but not necessarily his skills. A chance encounter with the changeling at the day court of the Stormhag gives Tinkrit an opening to begin whittling down his opponent when the two accidentally impact into one another, with one being with both being knocked down. What? Um, Rob, can I please get a quick sleight of hand check from you? Um, I was 
I didn't get a chance to do it, but Will was going to cast a spell on me. Oh, okay. That's grace. Give me advantage. Uh, yeah. Um, how does how that look, how do do, Will? How do we do that? <laughs> um, maybe in the time I was strolling around, how, how, how much time has passed? Yeah, indeterminate. Doesn't matter for this one. So it could be before the break, kind of up to you guys. Let's say, let's say, I, I, you hadn't run into him yet. And whilst I was strolling the halls, we also bumped into each other. And you gave me a, we had a quick whispered conversation. Yes, we did. And in fact, we did a quick whispered conversation. Yeah. We, we passed each other notes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, oh, no, I was going to put. Just under Cat's Grace. Alright, Cat's Grace. So, Enhance Ability. Uh, target has advantage on dexterity checks. It also doesn't take damage from falling 20 feet or less if it isn't incapacitated. Okay, easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, flash forward to being knocked down. Um, yeah, hit me up with a sleight of hand. 24, very nice. 23, still not as good, but 24, you know, either way. All right, so, Tinkrit. The reason that you, I'm, well, sorry. Did you, Were you the one to subtly bump into uh, your changeling, or do you think he was the one who bumped into you? Well, I, I had a plan to plant something of, of mine on his. Yep. On him, and then to accuse him in front of the hag. Okay, fair enough. Breaking the peace. Um, what of yours would you like to plant on him? One of my gems, which I had been flashing around sharing with people. Look, look at my wonderful gems. Look how wonderful I have all these gems. <laughs> and I count them out very carefully. One, two, three, four, five. Five gems of this kind. And then, aren't they beautiful? Aren't they beautiful? And then I plant one on him. Excellent. All right. Well, during this brief interaction, you are up. To, you will have to make a split-second um, decision. As with uh, the particular proximity, you begin to recognize certain things that the changeling is actually wearing. You, in particular, recognize a ring that um, has previously belonged to Salturum, as well as a cloak that the changeling is wearing that you identify as being your own spell mantle of spell resistance, which went missing only yesterday. So he looks at you, complete and utter loathing in his eyes. Of course it would look familiar to you. It did belong once to you, but... Uh... Bravo, bravo. <laughs> well done, old bean. Very tricksy of you. He stops for a moment as if unsure exactly how to proceed before he grins. Well, it's nice to see that one such as yours is able to uh, worship at my feet. <laughs> he begins to get up and dusts himself down just giving you another quick look before he disappears back into the crowd around the uh, storm hag okay. um, alright I, I say dear boy what was that you just took 
The crowd very abruptly hushes around the two of you and it parts with the changeling stopping before he turns around and looks at you. Took what? Hold still. Lady Hag, this man has broken the peace. So the crowd continues to part until there is a very clear line between the throne of the storm hag and the changeling and yourself the storm hag looks decisively amused by what's going on here but she assumes a very serious uh, serious look upon her face before she inclines her head <clears throat> you would like to report a disturbance uh mortal halfling i noticed one of my gems is Bumped into me by accident a moment ago, and now I, I check my pockets, and one of them is missing. I would ask that his person be searched. These are very serious accusations to be levelled at the um, court bard. Are you perhaps, if we are inclined to find these gems, are you inclined to answer under a zone of truth that he was the one who took them? I can tell you that I have them no longer. I know I do not know that he, he took them. I merely know that I no longer have them. And I, a moment ago, all saw me with them. I was sharing them. All right. Um, what is your passive insight? 12 at the moment. All right. Oh. Sorry? I, I'm sorry, I spoke German. Sorry, 12, yes, 12. Yep. <laughs> all right. As you glance at the storm, hey, you can see a look in her eyes. She... And you come to the immediate understanding that she is well aware that you're very carefully selecting your words in what you're saying here. However, she gives a bit of another grin and you get a feeling of trepidation that she might actually try and uh, see how far she can push this with you. Well, these are very, very serious allegations, of course. She just snaps her fingers and immediately two guards rush up. Uh, please, guards, ensure that, um, my precious bard is... Just a sec, guys. Where is he? Um, that Durya is, uh, searched, and if these gems are found, then I believe that we have enough to erect a zone of truth in order to get to the bottom of exactly where these gems came from. Sure enough, after Durya the Changeling is searched, your gems are brought up, and with that, you can see that the Storm Hag's mouth just breaks into an immense, mostly gum, uh, gum-filled grin. I'm oh. very disappointed in him. It seems that there has been an accusation, so let us enter into our court, and she just waves her hand. A... Tremor of magic begins to fill up the court and you begin to recognize various signs of um, which runes which dictate truth and accountability beginning to appear in a magical circle under both you and the bard. <clears throat> so, Master Bard, you are here and you have been accused. Did you or did you not steal these gems? The Storm Hag asks. The answer was a very confounded, no, I did not. 
All right. So, Master T Pipe Drone, you have heard that he alleges under a truth spell that he did not take them. When did you last see them? I last saw them in his hand. Well, in the hand of the guards. Taken from his very pocket. And prior to having them taken from his pocket? When I looked at them in my hands. And what... What were they doing in your hands? They were being shown. Hmm. She stops for a moment and she begins to drum her fingers along the side of her chair. So, we have a case here where you did not see them and where he confirms under a truth spell that he did not take them. Master Pipe Drone, how do you suppose that the gems entered into his possession? I, I believe that he stole them. That's why I am accusing him of such a thing. He bumped into me. I did not bump into him. And Master Dahlia, how do you suppose that these gems came into your possession? So the answer is simply a sullen, I don't know, I've not been anywhere near them and I've never touched the filthy things. Alright, so, Rob, hit me up with a persuasion check. That is a 15. Okay. Now, Rob, you're going to have a fun moment here. You're going to be rolling against um, Tinkeret's uh, full force of um, persuasion. Oh, his persuasion or his... Let's see if Tinkred at level 15 can out-talk a Tinkred at level 3. <laughs> Alright. 32 versus a 15. Alright. So, the particular court case, inverted commas there, continues on for roughly about half an hour before you can see that the storm hag seems to actively get bored of it. In the end, unfortunately, it does come down to it that uh, she... It seems that the story of the changeling is just a hair more believable than yours, as your uh, particular uh, comments seem to run out with you having last seen them in your hand. No particular discovery is made, and with that, eventually the storm hag just waves her hand. A, I guess I would simply put that down to one of the eccentricities of the uh, plane, a wild magic surge, as I believe you mortals call them, but um, I believe that if you were to try this particular uh, line of thought once more, Master Pipe Drone, I would recommend it perhaps being a little bit more subtle about things. Subtle about what? So, I have accused the man of thievery, an item is found upon himself, and then what happens is that it's found in his favour. This is unconscionable, disgraceful, and certainly not the sort of hospitality to which I would have expected coming from someone as magnificent as yourself. 
There is a sudden intake of breath from among the crowd as your words begin to hit home and you very quickly watch that the Stormhag's facial expression, previously somewhat cheerful, a bit of a mischievous old lady look, abruptly changes to one of complete and utter abject fury. With that, the room itself seems to grow a little bit colder and you can see that the various drinks and liquids around the room begin to tremble as her fury overtakes um, her physical form. And you can see that it, she begins to lose track of her physical form as well as it begins to mutate into an almost amorphous form which continues to move. She stands up, her form taking her about five or ten feet above that the height of that of her throne as she towers down uh, towers above you do not think to try and lecture me on the rules of hospitality master pipe drone you yourself have brought this into my court and we are both very aware that this was simply a failed ploy on your behalf do not tempt me and force me to show my hand and throw you out of my demiplane. I can assure you there are many forces outside of my demiplane who would be quite happy to take up your form and do with it what they will. Torture for a million years, perhaps? That will only be the nicest of the creatures and what they will do to you. I understand that your power is much greater than mine. I've never denied that, nor would I ever. But... The greatest act of thievery that has ever been is someone stealing someone else's very being. And no one can deny that this man, this creature, this thing before me has stolen from me. So, the Stormhag simply looks down at you. This did not occur within my realm, and as such, it is not something that I can... Arbiter over. If you would seek to directly uh, assume his form or seek it back, then you may appeal to the regent, the lord of Durya, but in the absence of the Autumn King, then I am his ruling lord. Until you can prove that his form uh, and these powers were taken from you within my realm, then I will not hesitate to see you evicted from this court until such time as you have learnt manners befitting one of a royal stature. Why does that make a difference where it is stolen from? If you admit that it has been stolen and you admit that you have power and the regency power of the Autumn Lord, why, why, why does it matter where it was stolen from? So she raises an... I, I asked this... It, gain further understanding not to challenge you she raises an eyebrow and she begins to settle down into her throne if you are quite that unknowledgeable about our rules and customs then i will have delivered to your quarters a book detailing exactly what the fae can do and how it is that we perceive the laws and customs of you mortals we are creatures who only maintain control of our very selves by maintaining control of our realms and our promises. You have taken... He, your form was taken from a mortal realm. As such, while it is in my realm, it cannot be undone until such time as you can prove that you have done a wrongdoing within my realm. I 
can prove that. We were already in the Feywild when my powers were taken. The Feywild is not my realm. This demiplane is my realm. The Feywild belongs to all Fey. Fair enough. Maybe I'll try intimidation because fuck it, I'm I'm really quite tired. I'm trying to intimidate Bucktard. Uh, do you changeling? Uh, Puck, whatever his name is. Uh, Puck isn't here. <laughs> no, the, the guy. Sorry, the bard who's there. Yep, do you the changeling? I dare him to challenge me. Okay. Um, yep, hit me up with Intimidation. Did that roll twice for anybody else but only show once? I think it did it automatically. If I rolled a one. Huh. Weird. Yeah, it's never done that one before. Yeah, Alright. Eighteen, give me a quick sec. Do, 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 do. Where is the roller? Nope, you're gonna be a jerk. All right. Stop rolling. Sorry, it's rolling now on roll twenty uh, on D and T Beyond, but not in roll twenty. There it goes. All right. Um, so, at the current time, Doya is feeling quite superior. Sorry? Um, at the current time, Doya is feeling quite superior. He's kind of, as far as he's aware, gotten away with it in the, uh, with what's going on before the eyes of the storm hag, as well as the court itself. So, a lot of what you're seeing is pretty much going to roll off of his back. Uh, did you want to flavor up your intimidation attempt, or you're fine? Say goodnight to the child. No, it's all good. Right then. Right then. <laughs> so I, I missed that bit. So all right. What, what's happened? Because you rolled a seven and then a twenty-one, so I'm confused. Yep. So he rolled advantage because he's feeling quite confident that um he's getting away with things right now. So I got him to roll at advantage. Um, so he's feeling quite confident having gotten, in his eyes, gotten away with everything. Um, it's a near thing, but it looks like you're unfortunately able to shake the calm that he has. Um, did use one of my 20s. Use one of your 20s to match his? Yes. Okay, give me a sec. Do, 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 do. Um, where do I store the 20s? Why do I not have this memorized by now? Uh, yep, there we go. Three. Oh, right. That wasn't a three. I typed in three using the numpad, and then it put in an I, and now it's put in a P. What the heck? Okay, yep, not a quote. Yeah, not going to question it. All right, so with a, 20 ver a nat 20 versus a nat 20, um, hmm. Crap, how am I going to function with that one? Uh, any advice, boys? What do you think? This is a bit rough. <laughs> He's got a plus one and I've got a plus five. Just put it out there. 
purely based on pass on on just uh, like how initiative works with that whatever the mod is. Mm. Yeah, but they're both just nat twenties, though. All right, the Storm Queen. Sorry, your attempts to intimidate him don't seem to take any particular effect on him directly. However, after some time, eventually the Storm Queen just snaps. Her voice cutting across the babble of the crowd. Master Pipe Drone, your behavior is quite unbecoming, but I can see that you are not going to be um, dissuaded from this particular course of action. In order to save the... Uh, chastity and silence of my court then if you would desire to battle my bard then you may do so however it will be at the time of our choosing in two days time we are having a games to commemorate my ascension to this throne at that time you may take him on in single combat to determine who will be the rightful claimant to your appearance as well as your skills so my powers versus his powers that is saying that is correct all my powers that i still maintain correct despite what he has stolen mm -hmm. again uh, you admit him thieving my powers but yes even without seven <laughs> sorry even the powers out of seven yeah <laughs> yes i agree to that very well then let it be known to all within my realm that there will be a single combat which will dictate the closing of the games in two days' time. A single time. combat or all my powers? Hmm? A single combat or all my powers? As DM, I'm confused. What? <laughs> well, my powers include things like summoning. Okay, so as in what she's determining is that it will be a battle between just the two of you. If it does include summoning, then that will be against those rules, yes. Right. So, mano a mano. Okay. Alright. And he's summoned a North Army. Sorry, right, we'll just buff you the shit. <laughs> you know what's surprising? I did actually take into account this might happen, and I've already prepared stuff for it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. And I'm, I'm tired of being level three. <laughs> Don't worry. Dying, I'll fucking die. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm with you there. All right. So, with that um, particular challenge going out and everybody across the party being made well aware of it, let's move on to Rithgar's challenge for day one. Alright, so, Rithgar. The changeling contains all of Tinkret's power and the group is not allowed to attack him under fear of reprisal from the Storm Hag. However, this has not disallowed weakening the changeling and his gear to make it easy to, uh, to take him on in the combat that Tinkret will find himself in. All that kind of needs to be done is to find out where he dwells. And as the investigator of the party, I dare say that's probably right up your alley. Absolutely. All right. It feels like it's just going to be fun. I love demon hunting. <laughs> All right. What would you like to roll in order to locate where he is? Well, I don't want to be found, so I'd like to do stealth, mm -hmm. and then I'd like to do investigation. Perfect. Yeah. 
Yep, so stealth is an unnatural 20, followed by a 27 for investigation. Perfect. All right, so locating the changeling was almost child's play as he has not taken any measures to step lightly around the party. When he is finally dismissed from his uh, duties as entertainer for the storm hag, you're able to silently track him back to his rooms in the servant wing at the palace. It doesn't take too much for you to also memorize the exact route from there and uh, between there and your own rooms at the current time. All right. So you are able to do this and get back to the rooms just in time for Norloth to um, place the spell on you and for the rest of you to um, continue at the feast um, under, I suppose, Norloth's persuasions that, yes, you will be able to eat this without negative consequences. So did you guys want to roleplay that? So I, I take it, I, I'm back now and I've been filled in on what's happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh god <laughs> you guys aren't going to let me forget those are you <laughs> Yeah. Anyone else am I going to use this goddamn necklace, huh? 
<laughs> some other planet alloy will get some kind of celestial bail or of some sort. You pay it, you're like, hey, bring the fight. And then and then and then you win. Yes, that would be good. That's why I was careful about saying using all my powers. Some of my powers is right. Not your powers. <laughs> I said one of my powers is friendship. <laughs> <laughs> My little tinkret, my little tinkret. Uh, the grotty in the group is finally uncovered. No, I just have... Oh god, how many do I have now? Seven nieces. All of them have teeth. Yes. <laughs> Didn't one of them not have teeth? Or oh, yeah. She had the dental surgery. Sorry, that's the four-year-old. <laughs> Got it. I was so confused then. Oh wait, no, so it's technically two of them might not have teeth right now. Uh, little. Hmm, little, little. All very, very old. <laughs> <laughs> I also have this job called Enemies Abound, which just sounds like a lot of fun. It's, um, I'll put it in the thing, but it just makes them think that everyone is their enemy. in the ring I don't I just if I had not, well, not in the ring but like as he's going into the ring he burns a whole heap of spell slots trying to just kill him on the fan around him yes so if we're planning if we're planning a fight now is that what we're doing yeah operations okay, on it's called operations on your team okay alright <laughs> um, well I mean the bagpipes I can go invisible off the, st off the start I can get protection from evil as well on myself um, well, as the, the, I can hex him for like hours before, so just basically he can't even tell. But I should be hidden for as long as possible, so he can't do anything like he hex me or anything. Before. So I don't know. All right. Well, before you guys get too much into the planning, um, let's move on with the challenges. Because again, shockingly, I did actually preempt this. Wow, I'm really on brand today, go me. I mean, I completely didn't expect the uh, scene with um, Tinkrip, but, you know, <laughs> I can work with it. Which bit? <laughs> All right. So. You screaming at a demigod. <laughs> I didn't scream. Just, just intimidated, threatened. Attempted. Look at the queen I'd intimidated. insane but not stupid now now you've yelled at the um person in charge of this plane a demi plane i was very intimidated i'm gonna cry later yeah. all righty then so, you guys, Norloth casts this spell upon you after you've had some quick discussions about what's been going on and how you might be able to handle the Changeling and their powers at the games themselves. Now, it's not too long before you are summoned by one of the Fae servants in order to attend to the um, feast that you have been invited to. And upon being led into the hall, you can see that an extravagant feast, even by what you assume the Fae's um, standards, has been laid out before you. 
Now, it looks like a lot of this does seem to be primarily um, seafood related. So you do have quite a lot of um, fish dishes for one, but it does look like there are some unusual fae looking things here, such as uh, exotic fruits, as well as a drink, which looks like almost liquid silver in the way it flows and moves. Regardless, um, as you sit down and begin to eat your fill, Norloth, you get the sensation that you're currently being watched and when you look up you can see that the storm hag seems to be very curiously investigating the group as if expecting something mm. can i cast detect magic yes you may cool. is there anything wrong with our food or anything out of the ordinary Nothing out of the ordinary with your group. You can, uh, can't detect anything that's wrong with the food. The only spell active on your particular groups are the one that you expect for them to be active. Mm. What about the Hag Queen? Can I sense anything different about her? Alright. Um, you did turn your magical senses towards her and begin almost physically flinch as you gets the magical equivalent of being oversaturated. It seems that she, not only in addition to her role as queen, she just seems to overly be an almost entirely made out of magic at this particular point. You wouldn't um, know where to begin to try and sense if there was something, um, a spell or anything currently cast on her. Okay. She's up to something, guys. Just be wary. Or, can I do my ranger thing to detect if there's anything? Uh, basically, just my demon, my daily demon check. Yep. Um, you are able to sense shockingly many, 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 many fey around you. Um, at the barest edges of your awareness, you can detect a very minor aber um, sense of an aberration but it feels like they are moving away from where you are. Did I go after them? I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rifkin doesn't know what a, what a demon is. Uh, he, just, he just goes around looking. Is there anything he might be a demon? Yeah, that thing. Who's doing what in the microphone? Because it sounds like farting. I think it's Rob. <laughs> no, it's not me. Hmm. Oh, it's Luke. Nah, it's all good. Just sound like um, plastic creaking on plastic, that's all. Alright, so you guys... You guys continue to enjoy the feast, and afterwards you retire to your chambers, sated, but... um. I suppose, having finally discovered exactly what people mean when they uh, talk about the luxurious feasts at the tables of the Fae Queens. Alrighty. Day two. Solterum <laughs> is sleeping. God. Wow, I completely missed you guys talking in the Discord about that one. Alright, day two. Let's begin with Solturum. So Luke, this is something I've kind of anticipated that you would be interested in, but it will also be likely a day-long effort. 
So just give me a heads up if you're not necessarily comfortable with that or you think uh, Saltorin wouldn't do it. So during well, day two, with the newfound knowledge of, his, of the ward, Saltorin does what any burgeoning scholar would do when bored to death of a being in a demi plane surrounded by fey creatures under the guidance of an all-powerful godlike being go to the library. A sneaky sneak over and Solturum is able to crack through their intensive wards and enter into the library of the Fey Queen. The treasure trove of knowledge is tempting, but Solturum's attention is caught by an immense map detailing the Fey Wilds. A check around reveals that several tomes detailing the Fey Wilds lingers around. Maybe one of them might contain details about what the surroundings of Thogcha might be like. No worries. All right. So for this one, um, I will admit I had to completely try and uh, recall what your stats were. So apparently my recommendations here are either investigation or perception or insight. But perception. All right. Hit me up. Investigation, perception, or insight. <laughs> I tried and remembered. It wasn't on D&D Beyond. Adds in feet. <laughs> I can do what I want. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> I am lucky. He was mumbling about lucky not long ago. <laughs> yeah, he was. No, I didn't um, choose it in the end. I chose transmuted spell. So um, I don't think I had anything that helps me. No, it's all good then. Sorry, what? I think it was called Guidance. Something with Guidance. Yeah, no, I've got Careful Spell, Seeking Spell. Alright, so if you go to uh, any other character, you might see an optional feature manager. Manage feats. And do what? G. No, 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 no. Optional feature manager. It's like where you, next to all your class features. So if you go to edit your character and you go to the class section, the class tab. So you actually have to go back into like the where you level up and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's this. And then it's the optional feature manager. 
All right, magical guidance. You can tap into your inner wellspring of magic to try and conjure success from failure. When you make an ability check that fails, you can spend one sorcery point to re-roll the d20, and you must use, use the new roll, potentially turning the failure into a success. Happy. We can, but will it happen? I doubt that. It's in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. In the character builder, yeah. Edit characters. Oh, yes. And what am I at? And then just tick all the boxes. Ah, yep, here it is. Additional sorceress spells, meta magic options, sorceress versatility, and magical guidance. Yeah, nifty. Great. Done. And you've got extra spells now too for if you want to reroll Okay, I will be doing that. So what do I do now? Reroll. Um expending one sorceress spell point to reroll. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that could have been badly. <laughs> oh no, I just like nearly closed the entire uh, internet browser I have with all of your characters is, is up. <laughs> Alright, let's go. Let's spin the wheel one more time. What? Yes! A 19. Alright. Now, is that enough to beat? You will be happy to know that the DC I set was exactly 19. <laughs> Alright. So, the terms that sold to him look. <laughs> so the tomes that Solturum locates are very thorough but ultimately unable to provide any information about what might surround Thogchar a chance look over at a, sh a different shelf however allows Solturum to fill in the blanks and determine where Thogchar would be if it were to suddenly be added to the known Feywilds so as a result of a successful role this means that you are now going to have extra knowledge and um, information about what to expect when you guys presumably do actually leave the um, uh, city itself in the next session also. All right. Um, so, Luke, flavor it up for me. Uh, how is your day spent otherwise? Well, like, um, all, all magical research, it's a bit of a grind, building components of uh, elation, which quickly sour into frustration, which move on to hair pulling. And just when you're about to step fire to the world, you see out of the corner of your eye a book you'd missed on your scans before, um, which opens up um, the, the locked doors that your research had been able to open during the day. And I've learned how to extricate ourselves um, from culture when we get back there, potentially. Is that right? That's right. Well, at least you will be able to locate where you guys are in the Feywilds and make use of that uh, that knowledge magically. Great. Alrighty. 
So the rest of your day continues as, again, most of it is spent with you um, researching and pretty much making use of the library itself. Um, you eventually are able to sneak your way out of the library and back to the shared quarter, the shared suite that you guys are currently sharing in the uh, palace. All right, let's move on to everyone else and see whether you might pop up with that. Now, Rithka and Norloth. Ooh. So, after scouting through the palace yesterday, Norloth was pleasantly surprised to hear that Rithgar had located where the changeling happens to be sleeping. After consulting with the de demonic investigator, Norloth came to hear of his idea to locate and sabotage the changeling's equipment. Between the two of them, they should be able to cause some mischief for the changeling if he also comes looking for trouble. So... For the two of you, I'm basically assuming that the two of you might be working together to get into his chambers while Tinkerit is presumably under the eye of the storm uh, hag herself. So between the two of you, you should be able to get into the chamber and also get in there and sabotage a few things. Um, so when the is that fine with you guys, or would you prefer a different path? They are not. No worries. Alright, so Rithgar, you are able to escort yourself and Norloth over to where the Changeling's personal chambers are at the moment. Norloth, it doesn't take long, but you are able to uh, detect that the Changeling appears to have erected personal wards over the boundaries of his chambers. You can likely um, either find a key to unlock them magically, otherwise you can overwhelm them using 10 levels of spell slots. Your call. So it's pretty much forming a box around them. You won't really necessarily be able to avoid them. Uh, they are, again, warding, protective warding. Alright, so um, when it comes to magic, the way I tend to flavor it is that if you're overwhelming a, a ward, you're functionally just shoving enough magic into it to actually make it explode. So flavor it up for me, what would you like to do? Can I do it without an explosive because I kind of want to be subtle about this? Yep, alright. Um, how would you take care of the excess magical energy then? Um, I just suck it up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just absorb it into the shadows and just cast it out. Yep. Magical flatulence. <laughs> Alright, um, so yeah, flavor it up for me. What's it all look like? Um, I just put out my hand, just slowly absorbing all of the energy and just let it go into my shadow and just let it blow out of me. All right, there is a small cracking noise as you reach the end of the process, as if um, a nearby window had suddenly um, had something impact into it. However, it's not any great noise, and there oh, is... Oh. Sorry? Oh, apologies. Oh, all good. Um, so there is a gentle click, and the door abruptly opens up. All right. So... I like gesture to... 
Rifka after you. And then we go out. Alright. Can so, I do a deception check? Yeah. Yes, you may. If that's legal. Um, I'll cast Detect Magic again. Just... Pretty much just can have that going all the time nowadays. <laughs> Fair. Alright, perception. Um, Rithgar, you can't see anything out of the ordinary in here. It seems as if this was just a standard uh, sleeping chamber for most people. You can see that it contains a pallet on the ground. It also contains a drawer for clothes storage, as well as a chest at the end of the pallet to store personal belongings. Um, again, there isn't too much out of the way. There isn't even anything overly decorative in here, but you can see that the chest itself seems to be rather sturdy, but ultimately it's uh, not actually locked. Uh, detect magic-wise, Norloth, you investigate the magical aura of the room as you enter in. With a certain level of disgust, you realize that it looks like the changeling appears to have thought that the warding he put on the door would have been su sufficient to protect himself and his various belongings. He has not actually applied any wards or protections to anything else in the room. Mm, you're still removing it from her jurisdiction, though. Hmm. So, for all intents and purposes, you guys are performing a break and entry. Uh, Rithgar, presumably you might have had a bit more experience about this in your investigative capacity. If you are able to roll a high enough uh, stealth or sleight of hand, then you may be able to go forth and functionally do the plan that uh, Luke said. So pretty much you're just covering your tracks. 27. Wow, very nice. Alright, give me a sec. Uh, yep, you will and truly win that one. Alright, so in that case, you are able to go through and uh, do Norloth's plan. Um, there won't be any particular repercussions coming from that. Um, however, during the course of going through his um, items, you do... Noloth discover that he seems to have a variety of items which are very familiar to you. Specifically, as you open up the chest and pull out a blade, a um, what looks like a sword's blade, it abruptly thrums into existence as a sun blade, your sun blade. In addition, you are also able to find a helm in there, which you recognize as Will's helm of telepathy. Do I get my rod of the pack paper? Uh, no. <laughs> All right, so um, that's what you guys are going to be seeing and doing. Uh, any flavor you want to add to that? Um, Rifka, do you want a sunblade? No, I think we need to. We can't. That's too obvious, surely, if we just start looting magic items at some point. Like, Sam, I'm just going to whisper something to you. Mm -hmm. What does the fake pressure in my head come me to do? <laughs> the leprechaun in my head tells me to burn things. You can just hide your stuff. You don't have to keep it on your body. Yeah. So what I want to do is, um, I've discovered this triggers off uh, a vial, 
but I want to um, encode a memory of um, of sort of of, of Tinkus telling me that this this vial will kill him if it touches him, and then just leave that memory strand floating around to see if he comes across it yep. as a trap. All right, easy enough. So you guys are just taking all of his belongings, bar this vial, or? Um, well, can I like overcharge the sublet? So when he activates it, it like explodes. Ooh, okay. Um, you know what? I'm fine with that. Roll me an arcana to determine whether you're able to affect the um, magical design of the Sunblade in order to allow for that to occur. 25. All right. You are more than capable of doing so. Um, in this specific case, what are you intending the Sunblade to do? Um... kind of like a mini fireball when it goes off instead of normal. Yep, so a fireball centered on itself. Yeah. Okay, so in order to make the changes to it, you will also need to invoke more magical power. Um, for a fireball, I'll be generous and say that you can use the equivalent of two. Um, yes, then spell slots. Cool. All righty. Let me have a look. Anything else? Mm. You should have made a, a power word kill. <laughs> I, I don't have that. I wish to again. <laughs> oh, you the fireball work out fine. That's true. <laughs> All right. So, Nola, uh, Rithgar, you have also functionally ensured that neither your um, traces nor Norlots are going to remain here to implicate you within the theft. Um, how do you do so? The, um, I think I'm going to have to burn an equivalent number of spell slots to reward the door. Mm -hmm. And um, aside from that, it's uh, the my natural or my cloak is half. My elven cloak mm -hmm. is, uh, just sweeps away our footsteps. Um, so yeah, will it be burning ten spell slots to um, sort of reward the door thing? Yeah, sure. Cool. Um, oh, sorry. Actually, if you burn eight, oh, sorry, nine spell slots, that'll be enough to reward. Do you need help with that, or no? All good. Right. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if this is too hokey, but I'd love to leave. Uh, so I need to give. I need to give Tinkus this file and tell him, you need to give me this file and tell me that I need to keep it safe for you because it is fatal to you. And then if Tinkus willing to do that, I will then take that memory and leave it as a, as a, as an encoded thought at his door right next to that vial. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I'll say that's like setting a trap. So hit me up with a survival for it to, I guess, do the equivalent of, you know, when you open a door, you get shot with the arrow thing that they like to do in Skyrim. <laughs> in this case, you get hit by a memory. <laughs> there was so much wobbling from that dice. <laughs> 
All right, 26. Yep, you are going to prove more than capable of um, having that vial activate on the changeling when he arrives back. Great. So he will have the memory of Sigrid being terrified of this, appearing to be terrified of this vial. Yep. All right, perfect. So the two of you, with your particular bad deed for the day done, um, decide to head back and... I suppose, either spend the rest of the day in the day court or in your private chambers. Um, I will also find Tinkerer and want him to stay back at the start of the fight. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, Will. So, Will. Close to the palace is an immense forest of anem anemones. However, this forest appears to have begun to sicken and die. Um, you are requested to attend um, by the head of the palace crowns in order to try and find out what's going on there, as well as to try and help find the seahorse that you helped tame yesterday, as it appears to have fled its captors and headed into the forest itself. Alright, so this is going to be a fairly hefty um, lot of rolling. So, as you begin to enter into the forest of the anemones, you are going to have to do a survival check to try and track the seahorse. Seventeen. Ooh, let's have a look. Wow, you rolled an 11. That is low for you. Wow. Okay. So, despite your best um, efforts, it unfortunately you are unable to find much uh, traces of the seahorse. Um, I suppose the reason for that could be that you're in an aquatic environment, not really used to things, but is there a different flavor that you would like to provide instead? Uh, seahorses don't leave footprints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a six for so long. I know. <laughs> well, regardless, you'll be happy to know that all you needed was an additional one to get you over. <laughs> okay, so in that case, you are going to be able to find the seahorse, though. At the uh, basically, you're going to go into it thinking that you're unable to find it, but at the last minute you're actually going to be able to do so. So hit me up with the flavour there. It turns out they do have footprints. Uh, just wasn't paying attention to the, to the right part, you know? Um, you guys ever watched uh, Shark Tale, how they do the seahorse races? Oh, God. And, and in, in those races, they actually do go along the bottom of the ocean floor. Yep. Um, this, this, this seahorse does do that. But it looks like scuff marks in the ground that waves or that the tide would make. Yep. So and and so I I do a double take. I remember the film Shark Tale <laughs> and say, oh, they, this these are this is the marks of uh, these are the marks of of the seahorse. Never mind. You just coming along at the car wash. You can stop now. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh God. I forgot that scene. Thank you. My siblings used to watch that movie all the time. Ugh. All right. So, 
when you do eventually find the seahorse, you can see that it seems to have been driven a little bit crazy as upon seeing you, it startles again before it just begins to rear up and... I suppose, lash out with its tail with a great deal of fury. You can see that something seems to, um, in particular, its eyes seem to have a slight film over them, as if there is something that's uh, currently causing problems. So upon speaking with him, he doesn't know entirely what's wrong. He was feeling fine this morning until he decided to go for a brisk swim through the forest like he uh, always attempts to do. However, he was feeling fine until he uh, crossed over this particular threshold of anemones. Even as you look around, you can see that many of the anemones which are growing here, as well as much as the coral, seems to have rapidly begun to wilt and die off in um, specific large sections. Right. Um, hit me up with a perception. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay. Um, so with a. I mean, if you just asked to use your passive, then you would have succeeded too. That's true. <laughs> I'm, fishing, I'm fishing for those 20s, man. All right? I need that, I need that ring of spell of uh, resistance. Yeah. That's fair. I can't argue that. Okie doke. So with 14, you are unable to exactly track where the contamination which seems to be spilling through the forest is coming from. And after some time, you also yourself begin to feel a little bit fatigued and sick from um, whatever is going on here. Hit me up with a constitution saving throw. Well, that looks like a nat one. <laughs> So what was that you were saying about nat 20s? Mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> huh. Alright. Did you want to use it or store it? Uh, I'll store it. Store it. Alright. I don't have anyone around to help me. So I don't think that'll be good. I'll probably start drowning. <laughs> I don't have any more familiars with for you to fucking send to another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Sends Tinkrit to another dimension. <laughs> just automatically fail on this one so you begin to feel sick and like with the seahorse you just begin to kind of have a more difficult time to actually swim and move around you're considered poisoned at the current moment all right um i'll let you do one more action to try and give yourself a hail mary uh what would you like to do to try and finish off this challenge Um, 
would a locate animals or plants be able to tell kind of if it's uh, no, I don't know if it's maybe it's true. No, no, never mind. I'm actually I'm gonna use speak with plants. Do corals count as plants, correct? Uh I think they count as animals. Yeah they are. Well either or can I can I speak to the, the corals and say what is going what's going on here? Why are you all what's what's happening? Who's fucking up? Who's fucking us up? Okay, yeah, marine vertebrates, they're polyps, okay. Um, hmm. Alright, so, speak with animals. Yeah, I, honestly, this one caught me completely flat-footed, so I'm happy to let this go through. Alright, so your communication with the coral, of all things, um, when you talk with coral, it comes across as more of a hive mind you don't hear one voice you hear multiple thousands which eventually just blends into one singular voice once you're able to adjust your mind to actually hearing it regardless the coral begins to talk to you and it advises that something is in the water and also in the ground beneath which has uh, been flowing through for several weeks now and has been making them sick now, they have been keeping track of exactly which one of them has been growing sick at any one particular time, and they can even advise you as to the specific current to follow in order to locate the source of what's going on. So, hit me up with a survival at advantage. It'll be a flat with Ooh, that was a close. I yeah. saw that one. <laughs> Alright. So, a 21. You are going to be able to find the source of the poison. Um, flavor it up for me with this survival. How do you do so? Um, maybe that it, this is like a, uh, a Captain Planet situation. Um, <laughs> I, I have to summon the, my inner powers uh, and, and suss out the, the poison destroying the the environment maybe I, I sniff it out or maybe I even um, turn into a, an aquatic beast to better uh, enhance my underwater features Let's, I'll turn into, you know what, I never got to I'm going to turn into uh, the killer whale <laughs> a better sense of, of perception or something because uh, I have an inherent sense of being underwater Yep. Is that you're going to free your willing? I am going to <sighs> free, free my willing. Okay, well done. Thank you. Wow, that was a reference I didn't think I'd hear. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, as you begin to lead the um, various aquatic fae through the anemone forest, it takes some time before you can see directly ahead of you what looks like a rock, which somehow has managed to become... Uh, sentient and has begun to move around as you begin to swim slowly around it you are able to recognize that it appears to be an earth elemental though how it got to this particular location you're not entirely sure however the problem with it is that it seems that a fair amount of its physical form seems to be made out of a heavy black material which takes you a moment to identify as being made out of lead it looks like this elemental has been poisoning the water flowing past it for some time 
Now, to get rid of this, um, can I get three attacks in order for you to successfully go through without actually entering into combat? Um, it is currently submerged somewhat into the rock. You need to hit it successfully three times. It has an AC of 17. Noted. I'm going to give myself advantage, but is this based on the Tale of the Sea Lords or whatever that random base book was? The what? Oh, there it is. Man, no. <laughs> Do not like me as a thing. Alright, so that's four attacks or three? Yeah, you, you pissed off the dice gods tonight, haven't you? Apparently. Apparently. So. Alright, so that is... Oh wait, no, one of those was a survival. Nope, never mind. Yep, none of those hit, including a nat 1. Alright, I completely derped on that one. Alright, um, with a nat 1... Ooh, what can I do with this one? Uh, using or storing? Yeah, I'll, I'll use this one. You'll use this one? Not feeling confident anymore? Uh, no, the other one was a con save, so I don't trust the con save rather than attack. <laughs> That's fair enough. What can I do here? Hmm. Alright. So, your attempts to attack the Earth Elemental unfortunately all do fail. It's simply because in your current form you're not really able to leave any particular lasting impact as any physical attacks which you're functionally reduced to just drive it deeper and deeper into the sand. Now after the third attack unfortunately it does get completely submerged in the sand itself and not only that it does chip off a little bit of the lead um, component of the earth elemental which unfortunately you do outright swallow. Now as a result you are going to be very quickly rushed back to the um, palace as you will be now dealing with the ongoing problems of not only being poisoned but now having your HP reduced to one until they can get you back and complete proper medical aid upon you. Alrighty, and so yeah, uh, now let me have a look. So your actions have reached the ears of the storm hag herself and eventually she does demand an explanation as to exactly why you thought it was a good idea for you to uh, eventually pound an earth elemental into the sand and, instead of just simply reporting it so it could uh, be dealt with properly. Now as a result, she is willing to heal you back to capacity, but the consequence is that she demands you be entered in as a competitor into the games the next day to simply act as entertainment for her court, a, a mortal versus fey warriors. So she gives you a bit of a withering look and she just sniffs disdainfully. 
if you would let this up to my Fey warriors, then I'm sure they would have uh, been able to provide a little bit more help than simply bury the earth elemental. With that, she gives you a completely scathing look and then just turns on tail and leaves the uh, medical area. All right, Tinkrit, you are going to have a fun one. So again, correct me if I have not been able to accurately predict what you might like to do here. So, after hearing the adventures of what his party members have been doing in the Changeling's personal chambers, it seems like it might be the time to try and goad the Changeling again and see if you might be able to get him to disregard the rules of hospitality. So the chance to do so does pop up fairly quickly. The Changeling has requested to perform again that night, taking the chance to perform a long and very witty performance about silly humans and how they trust too easily, leading to the Fae winning against them, with several pointed looks at Tinkrit the entire time. Now, at to this point, you know that much of his performance is well below your own personal skill levels, to the point where if you had done that yourself, you would probably be very, very ashamed of what you were doing. However, your quick eye does immediately note that he is apparently working with a borrowed instrument that he is not too familiar with. So, there is a chance you might be able to not only goad him into this, but humiliate him before the big battle tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right. So, in order to pass this one, his performance is a 13 out of 20. All you need to do is beat his 13, and you win this challenge. Um, what's that? Give me a bonus charisma. Any party members? It's a terrible song. It makes you feel better. No, you're doing it with puffer fish. Would uh, me using minor illusion in some way assist you? Um, I guess I think we'll need to use minor illusion at a later stage. So I can tell stories using minor illusion as well as playing. So you can use your minor illusion, I'll use my minor illusion, and I'll play at the same time. Give it a crack, huh? Okay. All right, a 15-4 performance. And wait, what was the role for minor illusion? Just just to embellish it, I don't know. Ah, okay. Oh, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, do, we do a puppet of him, basically, looking really stupid and, and hitting wrong strings all the time on his, on his borrowed instrument. Okay. And with uh, little musical notes tooting at his butt. <laughs> Easy enough. In that case, uh, just roll with advantage. Twenty-five. Very nice. All right. So you've almost doubled what his performance was, despite him using Tinkeret's full skills as it is. So 
Tinker, your performance blows the Fey Court away, and Doria the Changeling is left looking like a fool for being able to take Immortal's abilities but not use them to the full extent. A sidelong glance at the Changeling Bard shows you that he is barely keeping his temper intact before he storms off. Alright, so the rest of your evening is basically spent. <laughs> Alright. So, your interaction seems to have won you favour with the court, if not at least the Storm Hag, who is acting somewhat uh, ambivalent towards you after what happened yesterday, but the other Fae seem quite happy to uh, at least see Doria taken down a peg or two. As a result, Tinkrit, you are basically um, lauded as a hero and have uh, been requested by several of the Fae to act as entertainer for them for that night instead of Doria. Oh no, you're still being protected by Norloth, I believe. All right. Um, do you guys want to take a quick break there? It occurs to me we are 20 minutes over for our usual break. <laughs> No worries. Give me a quick sec. Stopping the recording in three, two, one, now. All right. Welcome back, gentlemen. So, start of the third day. Now, you guys have been hearing that the last two days that the Fae are going to be holding some games in order to honor the Storm Hag and her ascension, which apparently took place quite some time ago. Now... Most importantly, Will, you have now apparently been drafted into the games to act as entertainment, a mortal versus the Fae. Um, so, let's have a look at what I have established for you. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait, is it really starting with that one? Okay. Now, most importantly... Um, this will be a combined challenge, apparently, between both Norloth and Will. So, a chance encounter with Solturum the previous night has revealed that the mage has accessed the Stormhag's library. However, it appears that Solturum is again... is mm, Wow, I really actually did not think this one through, did I? Okay. Um, is, for an, yeah, it appears that Solturum is returning again to the library. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to start with Solturum for this one. <laughs> so, Solturum. Um, an idle thought continued to bother Solturum throughout the night. He risks the chance of offending the storm hag and slips away to the library once more. There, he resolutely walks through the various temptations of knowledge to go to a locked door barred with powerful wards, the restricted section of a Fae Queen's library. Now, Luke, in order to get through, you can try and rely on some of the knowledge that you've picked up over the last two challenges about the wards and magical powers of the palace. Alternatively, you can be like uh, what Norloth has done and uh, simply overpower the ward itself. However, that will require 30 levels of spell slots equivalent. Work it out. All right. Did somebody... That's four, Will. Oh, okay. I'll need it. 
Alright, um, yep, so in that case, if you're trying to work it out, what I'm going to recommend here is if you want to do the traditional thing and try and uh, open it up by being sneaky sneak, you can go for a sleight of hand, otherwise arcana would be your way to try and uh, overpower the system. <laughs> Do you like a bardic inspiration as well? Slide of hand. Oh yeah, your gloves would. Uh, he has a plus zero. Your gloves would just outright give him the plus five. Okay, so twenty four. So an unnatural 28. Very nice. All right. So you are successfully going to be able to maneuver around the wards and bring them down. Now, Luke, this is the restricted section of a Fey Queen's palace, and you are pretty much going to be working them and causing the wards to fail or shut down. Flavor it up for me. You're dealing with some pretty high-level powerful wards and successfully moving around it. Someone's watching something. I think it might be coming through Luke E's. It's stopped now. Perfect. All right. So, Sultorum is in and immediately begins to look around for his target. Fortunately, it seems that this area of the Stormhag's library undergoes regular maintenance and cleaning, and before long, he's able to locate exactly what he thought the library might contain. The recipe for cold iron. Dedicating it to memory and writing it down just in case, he leaves the restricted section and rejoins the phase celebrating at the Colosseum. In addition to this, he was able to snag an item on display within the restricted section. So, give me a quick sec. Roll me a d4, followed by a d6. D3, yep. And a d1. 
Alrighty, so ruling from my rewards table, you just got yourself a very rare item. I don't know how much use you're going to be able to get out of this one. But let me bring it up into chat for you. Nope, looks like, yep. There we go. Alrighty, what you have come into possession of is a crystal ball. The typical crystal ball, a very rare item, is about six inches in diameter. With While touching it, you can cast the scrying spell with a save DC of 17 with it. It doesn't look like there's any limitation upon that at all as well. You already had to... <laughs> Rob! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Alright, so for scrying, you can see in here a particular creature you chose that is on the same plane of existence as you. The target must make a wisdom saving throw, which is modified by how well you know the target and the sort of physical connection you have to it. If the target knows you're casting this spell, it can fail the saving throw voluntarily if it wants to be observed. So, yeah, you can pretty much cast scry without any particular limitation, and that's apparently ordinarily a 5th level spell. Correct. So they'll be taking place while you are performing your little heist. Oh, okay. So pretty much you're getting in in the course of less than an hour, then rejoining the rest of the group. So North and Tinkerit and Salturum in the stands, I guess. So you guys are going to be seated fairly close to the Storm Queen herself. Um, maybe just in the uh, watching box, maybe next to hers. You have not, no. Um, sorry, you will be missing Will's bouts, just because I have something planned for that one, but you won't be missing Tinkrits. Alrighty. So, with that capacity out of the way, Norloth. So, a chance encounter with Solturum the previous night has revealed that the mage accessed the Stormhag's library. However, it appears that Solturum is returning again to the library for an even more urgent purpose that he won't say. It's up to Norloth to ensure that the Stormhag is kept distracted from, very, uh, from various magic pulses which might permeate the palace from uh, Solturum's actions in the library itself. So... This is going to be a one which is going to be done at the same time as Addison handling Will's side of things. So, uh, Addison, Will is pretty much going to be a solo combatant taking on various uh, numbers of Fae as well. Uh, for the two of you, this is going to be entering into a bit of a round system, though I won't bother about doing initiative at the moment. Um, Addison, in order to pass for your particular rounds, you need to inflict a certain amount of damage per round, 
any damage that you don't do counts as a failure for that round and the damage that you now need to make up for is added to your HP. If you are knocked out, then the Fae, sorry, if you are reduced to zero hit points, the Fae Queen has advised that she will be uh, sparing your life to ensure that you do not die. And Norloth, your uh, main thing is to basically ensure that the Fae Queen remains entertained and uh, d otherwise distracted. Alright, so let's begin with Addison. So round one, you are going to be coming up against um, th a single Fae Warrior who uses a blade. Um, please do your attack roll. Oh, sorry, actually not attack roll. Um, let's just assume it hits over the course of the bout. Um, just do an, the damage roll. You were very quiet at the moment, Asin. So 11 damage total. Yeah. All right. So the bout goes back and forth, and ultimately Will is the one who is proven to be the victor. However, he does take a bit of damage in the process. Um, let's, uh, before I can make my final decision there, um, Norloth slash Luke. The Storm Hag is currently bored. If you would like to try and uh, jazz up the bout between Will and this Fae Warrior, you are capable of doing so, but keep in mind you do need to be subtle about it. So if you would like to interfere or otherwise try and entertain the Fae Queen using magic, you may need to use a sleight of hand to confirm that you can be subtle about the uh, magic casting, otherwise you might be detected. Okay. Um, hit me up with a persuasion. Nope. I Hits. will use the sorcery point. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, yep, no, I'm not good at <laughs> Now, now, you might be all that stands between um, Solturum and his being able to keep his um, magic uh, crystal ball. All right, take one. <laughs> what is it, D6? It's a massive D6, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Um, it's going to be a near thing, so I'm going to let it rely on the role play. If you give me a good enough argument, then the Storm Queen will allow it. If it's kind of a weak argument, then I'll decline it. I was just going to let her, I'll convince her to let me cast a spell in the middle of the battlefield, and that will make it a bit more entertaining. And what spell do you have in mind? Of Hadar, you open the gateway. Oh, this one. Yep. 
Okay, the void and dun 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 dun. Must make a dexterity saving throw. All right. Soldier, soldier was really unimpressed with the spell. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I just fucking fixed this. All right. Um. Hmm. So. You go ahead and begin to explain things to the storm hag, and for the most part, she seems completely unimpressed. There is just no uh, twitch to her face whatsoever before she just raises an arbitrary hand, granting you permission to do so. Now, it doesn't look like it has alleviated her boredom somewhat, but her attention is focused on the battlefield. For Hadar and the... Uh, sorry, for... um. Will and the like. Um, I'm going to rely on a dexterity saving throw to handle things. So if you can pass the dexterity saving throw, then the damage will be applied just to your opponent. Alright. And uh, what is your spell save DC there, Dormoth? All right, that's it. Twelve plus. Okay, so that brings it up. All right, so. Addison, you are in the middle of taking on this one fey warrior when the battlefield around you abruptly shifts into a dark, starless void, out of which tentacles come up and begin to grasp at you and your opponent. Uh, what flavor would you like to provide? You will be passing this round successfully, taking no damage. Nice work. So, Norloth, your spell is going to persist on the stadium until the end of this particular round, just because there's time between the rounds, and I think it only lasts for, what, uh, one action? Oh, yep, up to one minute. So it's definitely going to outlast that. So you won't be able to use that spell again for round two. Now, round two for Will. You'll be going up against three Fey Warriors, this time um, each of them again using blades. Um, hit me up with your attack. Um, this time I'm going to do something just a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, I'm actually going to cast polymorph on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to turn myself into a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> it's what anybody else would do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's entertaining enough that I don't have to do it in this round. <laughs> All right, so I'll count that as a prepared action. You may now make attack as a T-Rex. So that includes my multi-attack, yes? Yep. I'm so tempted to transform one of the Bay Warriors into a Triceratops. <laughs> we will not be recreating the land before time here. Okay, 
that is, holy crap, 21, all right. So you are most definitely going to be able to succeed at that particular round. Um, there is no problem there. Uh, Norloth, as you pretty much said, the instant that Will made the transformation, the Storm Queen did begin to sat, sit up and her facial expression changed from one of boredom to outright interest. So there is nothing that you're required to do for this particular round. All right. For your polymorph, concentration up to one hour. All right. Um, hit me up now, Will, with a constitution check. Sorry, concentration check. I mean, either way, really. He wants my last uh, inspiration. Yeah, I th thought you would. Alrighty. 16 is enough to maintain concentration. You'll be a T-Rex. Sorry. Yeah, for the next round as well. Alright. So, you are now up against seven Fey Warriors who use a mix of swords and spears. Norloth, as you look over at the Storm Queen's expression, you see that she seems to be growing bored again. Um, Will, hit me up with the damage, and then we'll see what Norloth can do to, uh, fancy it up. Okay, that's 48 points of damage. Alrighty. Hmm. I roll me performance for that. Sorry. Nothing. Yep. Eighteen. Wow. Very nice. All right. And lastly, uh, Will, can you please roll me a perception check at disadvantage? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 16 or a nat 20 with a 32 disadvantage sadly it is that 16 which is going to be enough for you to wreck an absolute carnage on these fey warriors uh flavor it up for me how do you decimate their troops Becomes a. Do you guys remember in Jurassic Park 2 um, when they take the T Rex to, to San Francisco? Oh, not San Francisco. Wherever the hell they take it to. 
um, and he's raging through the streets, that becomes me. So easy enough. Now, with the 18 that is provided from Norloth, it is going to be a hella good round for everything that's going on right now. So the Storm Hag is well and truly entertained by what's going on. She is not paying any attention to what's going on in the palace right now. Alrighty, let's have a look here. Um, hit me up with a, another concentration check. Hey, there's that nat 20. <laughs> uh, storing or using? Alright, that brings you up to a grand total of five. Alrighty, you are obviously going to succeed on that concentration check. Now, with round four, things are getting much uh, more difficult and much more complex. In this particular battle, you're going against ten fey warriors who use a mix of swords, spears, and nets to try and attack you and take you down. Um, hit me up with your damage roll. <laughs> T-Rex versus fairies. Oh, and there's another nat 20. Uh, maybe. Well, there's a lot there, but it's the first, it's the first bite attack. Okay. First bite attack. Tail. Yep, the first bite is a nat 20. Alright, well, now you have an additional two. Would you like to save it or use it? Okay, let me have a look here. 46, let's double that to, yeah, 92. Simply put, the damage that you've done in this round and the next is going to be enough to actually beat the last, this round and the next one anyway, separately. So what happens is you devolve enough into the rage that you not only begin to rush into these guys and attack them, but you do so with a ferocity that you knock down part of the Colosseum's walls and begin to ravage into the 20 prepared Fae who are taken completely um, by surprise and decimate their numbers as well. In addition to that, Norloth does not need to do any rolls to keep the Storm Hag entertained, and frankly, she's just going to assume that he managed to con concert this all on his own as it is. So, flavor it up for me in that case. Uh, Addison, what do you do? Cheeky little wink was definitely uh, all, it, all, it, all it takes to, to impress her. 
Last time she was this flattered by a lizard, it was an ancient red dragon. You can shoot hot water, but yeah, thaumaturgy would be your best bet. Dancing lights? Alright. So, Norloth, what is your reaction to witnessing your companion? <laughs> um, you know what? Hit me up with an arcana. If you get 15 or higher, I'll allow it. 22, I'll allow it. Yeah, I'm just gonna kind of stand there, just jaw wide open, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Did not know he could do that. <laughs> I've been saving this, this is in my back pocket for ages. <laughs> All right. So with the initial bouts of combat over, there is a moment of silence before the crowd just goes completely and uproariously loud, cheering, clapping, standing ovations. Um, the storm hag remains impassive, as if just to try and uh, ensure that she is uh, viewed as respectful by the rest of her people. However, she does lean over to Norloth before she mutters very quietly, I have been living for thousands of years and... I cannot figure it out. How did you manage this? This was a show beyond anything that I've seen in my life. Yeah, you... Honestly, I, I don't know. I just came together so well. I've been planning this for weeks. Just never had the time to pull it off like this. But thank you for letting me have the opportunity to do this. She just inclines her hand again ever so graciously as the queen she is before she meets the eyes of the raging T-Rex and indicates for him to transform back into his uh, normal form. Question, question is, do I? No, I have an intelligence of two. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Hey, if you can wink at her. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say you have the intelligence with a 15, yes. Okay, no, I'll, I'll turn back. I don't want to incur the wrath of this woman. Sorry, that's a... Your intelligence is a 2. It's actually a um, minus 4. Well, I have proficiency in intelligence saving throws, so... It's a flat 0. <laughs> but yes, okay, I'll turn back. Well, now I'm just confused. <laughs> So she inclines her head once more and waits for the crowd to settle. When they are quiet, you can her voice begins to call out loud across the entire um, Colosseum arena that you are currently fighting in. You have performed admirably and sensationally beyond the hopes of what I had thought you may be able to do this time yesterday when you were lying in an infirmary bed. 
as my thanks for the entertainment that you've provided to both myself and my citizens today, I offer you both the champion's reward for winning our games today, as well as a personal boon. I'm led to believe that you own a staff of the Woodlands, as they are known. I am able to increase its power, if you would be so inclined. So she nods her head. If you will see that to the um, uh, my personal servants before the end of the day, I will arrange to have it um, boosted and returned to you by breakfast in the morn. Yes, All right. In addition to that, she gives another inclination, and a fae flies down into the arena and presents you with a small pillow, which um, has a brooch upon it. Now, the brooch is of a strange symbol, which looks to be of a dragon's head, which seems to have a, uh, be coming up and out of a storm cloud. You have also pleased me enough that you uh, have my permission to wear my sigil where you would so like. It will inform other Fey Lords that you are one of my favoured champions, and they will be disinclined to interfere with your passage. Lastly, you will also be receiving the champion's reward, and with that, there is a, another fae who promptly presents you with a pillow with a sack of gold on it. In this, you will find 5,000 pieces of gold. I believe that you will find this worthy of champion. Then... <laughs> well, kudos for only doing one gladiator reference. Yeah, that's fair. Alright, so with that done, the storm hag again leans back over to Norloth before she draws his attention to look at her directly. Your capacity to entertain and uh, keep these events very interesting is one that I would consider very valuable. Would you potentially entertain the concept of coming to my realm to be the master of ceremonies for my entertainment? access to my uh, library, to our magical stores, and of course keeping us all entertained. It is simply something you can keep under your belt. I understand that you're involved in a, another contest, but uh, I think just to sweeten the pot a little, I will give you a sample of what you might um, come to expect, and you'll find it in your chambers later this evening. What was that? <laughs> Alrighty. So, when you do eventually return to your chambers later that, that evening, you will find a magical item there. Um, it looks like she has provided you with... Give me a sec. Let's see if it's going to give it... Nope, not going to do it immediately, you son of a bitch. second. Well, that helps, because I wasn't actually spelling it right. 
All right. She provides you with illusionist brace braces. Um, the braces' power extend beyond illusions. While wearing the braces, you, whenever you cast a cantrip, you can use a bonus action on the same turn to cast that cantrip a second time. Yes, that is perfect for me because I need more illusionist flask. <laughs> you need more what? Now I don't have to use my sorcerer's point of eldritch blast twice. Ah, yep. <laughs> there you go. Alright, so you two are done. Let's have a look at who comes up next. Looks like Rithgar! Michael, with the attention of the Fae on the games, Rithgar is able to slip away and do some probing in the Royal Palace. A chance encounter with a secret passage and the Royal Wing abruptly dumps him in a room filled with festering fish bones, clawing coral, and stinging anemones. Now, my recommendation here is an investigation plus acrobatics to try and avoid the inhabitants, but I'm willing to hear alternatives. Am I going to be able to send my end goal here is to be able to be in a position to, from a concealed, is to be able to reach a concealed position where I can discreetly cast a spell into the arena. Is that plan ruined? Um, you will be back in time for Tinkrit's thing, but you wouldn't be able to help out with uh, the others. In that case, investigation plus acrobatics. Yep. Investigation 18, Acrobatics 26. Alrighty, let's have a look here. Hmm. Rithgar quickly comes to the conclusion that he has somehow stumbled his way into the Stormhag's personal chambers. After investigating her belongings and nearly getting stung for the privilege, he uncovers several scrolls detailing communication between the Stormhag and a fae lord called Prince Sentama. He has ordered the Stormhag to enwrap Thogcha in her power until the contest is won and they can claim the city and Vedaland for themselves, in accordance with the expectations outlined in the rules. Prince Santana specifies that he will be personally involved in the initial stages, but once he has left the city, none are permitted to leave without the special passcode of Trixriv. Whatever price she extracts from those fae, leaving the city with this passcode is between uh, her and them. No demons. The, um, to that sounds like something a demon would say. Did I miss the passcode? Where? Okay. Yep, right there. All right. Um. L- lastly, can you roll me a perception check? Another 16. Alrighty. 
So, um, it takes you some time before you are able to extract yourself from the chamber and make your way out. You are able to make use of the same chamber into, sorry, the same passageway into the chamber as the one that you had uh, originally come through. But when you do emerge in the palace of the, ro- sorry, the wing of the royal palace, you are able to quickly identify where you are and can see that the games themselves are probably progressing towards being nearly over. Perfect. All right. Uh, hit me up with a stealth check. Yep. Somebody came in. Yeah. Sorry, I had a technology issue. I'm back now. Oh, good. Okay. Is that a? Yep. Twenty six. All right. Twenty six for stealth. Perfect. Can I just run through what I what I just discovered again? Yep. Uh, I don't know that there's a passcode, but I know that there is a passcode. Uh, I just put it in the chat. It, in, sorry, oh, in the yeah. Roll20 yeah. chat. Yeah. Trick, tricks Rev. And do I know where I use that passcode? Um, apparently, it doesn't make mention of anything. It just says that anybody, those allowed to leave the city must use the passcode with the hag. But she is allowed to ask extract a price from those des- uh, willing to leave the city. So you may need to get a personal audience with the hag. And even then, it's not a get out of jail free. Correct. Sorry. Thank you. Sounds all good. All right. So, the day of the games begins to draw to a close with um, the vaunted champion, Will Ferrell, being accorded a position in the box next to the Storm Hag. Norloth, likewise, has been uh, upgraded in life and is also within her um, her viewing box. As the... Helps if I'm looking at the right page. As Dolia the Changeling begins to emerge, can I request? <laughs> As Dolia the Changer emerges from one of the underground barracks and stands at one end of the Colosseum, Tinkeret, to this point, you have uh, been requested to basically emerge from the arena at the other end. Um, is there any particular preparations and so forth that you've done today? Yes, I was in the bag. I was hiding in Norlov's bag so that I couldn't be. Nothing can be cast upon me. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want my ring of spell storing with like levels of shield in it? Yes, please. Uh, and if we've got ten minutes, can I take a bathroom break and cast um, Planet Planet Ally to rig the uh, to rig the event? Well, last ten minutes though. Oh no, I I need I need ten minutes to cast it. Actually, wait. Let me read what the item is. I think last time I was like, it doesn't actually take 10 minutes. Um, um, casting time is 10 minutes. It's instantaneous. You beseech an otherworldly entity for aid. Being must be known to you, a god, primordial demon prince, or some other being of cosmic power. The entity sends a celestial, elemental, or fiend loyal to it to aid you, making the creature appear in unoccupied space within range. If you know a specific creature's name, you can speak that name when you cast the spell to request that creature. 
the, the um, item, it says that each bead contains a spell that you can cast from it as a bonus action. So does it take a bonus action to cast the spell because it comes from the Necklace of Prayer Beads? Hmm, let's have a look. Necklace of Prayer Beads. Wheel. Ten minutes either way, do we, does it matter? Wheel, do you want to request that just for the, the purposes of this fight that he gives me my powers back? I can see what I can do. Also, roll. I will allow that because it does say cast as a bonus action. So yes, it can be used like that. Sorry, Luke, what were you saying? Would you like to make an entrance or cast invisibility on him? And you just yeah. walk up in there? Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is cast illusion and I want, um, and I'm going to use, yeah, I'm going to cast illusion. So if, I think Salty should make illusion to move him forward and I will use my, my illusion to make my voice. I will, I'll be invisible beforehand. Yep, cool. I'll make and if I can be hasted as well, I'll be tops. All right. Now, keep in mind, you are now in the Stormhag's um, viewing box. You will need to be subtle about casting magic anywhere towards the arena. Um, so, presumably, you don't want to be interfering with that. Oh, cast it on me. Just stick your hand in the bag and cast it on me. And then he disappears out of nowhere. Yep. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> and I'm going to cast Fly on myself. Mm hmm. What else can I do? <laughs> and protection, protection from uh, evil on myself. How many concentration spells do you do? Oh, protection evil is concentration. Oh, the Fly is what's his name, anyway, from um, the, the my. For my um, bagpipes. Alrighty. Um, so the only thing I'm probably going to bring up is that you guys will be summoning a planar ally into a plane which has a guardian. So you guys do run the chance of immediately notifying the storm hag that there is a prayer going out, so to speak. Four extra points. You've got four extra hit points. Yep. Boom. Better than a poke in the eye with a stick. 
Well, you're not wrong. You're going to stand back at the start. Yeah, I won't just yet. So I'm flying, I'm invisible, I have an illusionary version of me who will step into the circle. Yep. Okay. So, in that case, let's get this begun. So, for everybody else, what you see is a form of Tinkrit who is currently pacing across the sands towards nor uh, sorry, towards the changeling, Durya. Um, the two of them look functionally identical, and aside from that, you can see that the image of um, Durya, sorry, you see that Durya itself seems to be wearing clothing more fashionable for the Fae. Um, when the Storm Hag directs the two of them to shake hands just as a social nicety, Doya opts instead to simply spit at the foot of uh, Tinkrit before he draws his bl uh, green flame blade. He draws his blade? Yes. His sun sword? Mm-hmm. All right, lucky I'm hanging back then. <laughs> all right um i doubt this is going to last long frankly considering all the buffs you've just got but rob would you please roll into initiative <laughs> 17 so for a 21 and what is this one i am there All right, and he got a 22. So. Add and tinkret. Add round blah, divider. I Yep, that's the one. Okay, and a 21. Done. All right. So, as the round, um, sorry, as combat kicks off, the first thing that Doya does a split second before the countdown is finished is that he swings his Sunblade sword. As it begins to um, impact into the illusion that has been created, the magic of the sword itself begins to grow unstable and there is a sudden explosion as the entire sword itself abruptly self-destructs into an immense fireball. Um, fireball damage, where are you? Do, 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 do. Okay, that's going to be 24, unless he is capable of beating a dexterity check. Does he have disadvantage on that? Because it's like right in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes. Yes, he does. All right, so he gets a six. So he's going to be taking the full 24 points of damage. And Tinkrit, you're at level 15, have 108 points of damage. He's just had his damage, uh, HP quartered. He's still 14. I'll be 15 at the end of this. Yeah, well, this, I'm just going by your D&D uh, profile. Okie doke. 
So the explosion goes off and immediately the Fae begin to scream and cheer as they have no idea what's going on, but apparently the first decisive blow of the battle has been landed by Tinkrit. Doya is thrown backwards. He is now without a weapon in his hand as the Sunblade sails away from him, now rendered completely useless. He does, however, have some other blades on him that he will need to bring out and use. However, he is now on the ground. Tinkrit, your turn. Horn of Valhalla. How did I guess? Oh, wait. Remember, it's meant to be mano a mano. It is mano a mano. I said all my powers. This is my power. No, but they said no summoning. When did they say no summoning? When I when uh, when me as the DM got confused and I said, "Remember, it's mano a mano, just one versus one." There was there was a discussion on no summoning. I do remember that. Right. I was going to summon some animals in there for you, but I forgot it all. Okay. Like a T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Summoned a chicken into a T Rex. <laughs> The chicken's like, yes! Um, well, I'm just going to fly up. Can I get advantage? Being invisible? To fly? Flying. At flying. I'm going to stab him on the top of his head with the iron dagger, with a cold iron dagger. Oh, okay. Um, don't forget he has a... Yeah. Alright, so yes, you're going to be able to get advantage from that. I'll just be applying that my side. So I'll uh, just check with the dagger? Yeah. That's 24. That two hit or... Because on my side, I'm assuming... I think the... No, that can't be right. Because on my side it's giving the 24 and then it just under it says dagger plus 5. Yeah, that's what I'm... It's just... That's the... Jeez, the damage wasn't rolling. Yeah, the damage isn't rolling. Roll damage. Sorry. Oh, all good. That's where I was getting confused. 7 points of damage. Alright, so with the 24 you are definitely going to be able to impact on him. Um, you... 24 are going to be able to remain in... Uh, sorry. Yes, everything's going to be able to hit. So the 24, that's going to be double to 14. Oh, it doesn't kill him? The cold iron doesn't kill him? It does not. So as the cold iron pierces his head, there is an abrupt blood-curling scream as his flesh and part of his bone begins to burn upon being um, impacted directly by the dagger. It's, you weren't able to puncture into the skull itself, but you were able to land a very heavy blow, drawing quite a lot of blood. However, the, um, the reaction of the crowd to the dagger on the other hand is immediate as the crowd goes from a cheer to pretty much just an immediate sigh, uh, sorry, gasp of shock. You can see many in the crowd are just abruptly getting to their feet and trying to edge away from the 
uh, arena itself. However, the Storm Hag is completely impassive and is just staring down at the combat below. Well, I'll do the Hexblade's Curse on him. Mm-hmm. And I do a second attack, and I'll do it this time with my rapier. Yep. If I can find it. <laughs> I don't know why it's not doing damage. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. Alrighty then. Now it looks like he begins to get to the initiative. Sorry, it looks like he begins to regain some initiative. And as you dart down with your rapier, he abruptly rolls out of the way. His head's still smoking as he scrambles to his feet and begins to clutch at his um, waist for a, another sword. This one also a rapier. And in order to try and fend off this unseen assailant. He looks around wildly, trying to find out exactly where you are, but is unable to actually see anything at the current time. Um, invisibility doesn't shed upon the first attack, does it? I don't know. Um, give me a sec, I'll find out. All good. Yeah, mentally I'm going, is that Skyrim rules or is that D&D rules? Um, yeah, okay. So, Tinkerit, the invisibility is shed around you and you abruptly regain visible form. Okay. Alright. Um, anything else for your turn? I just say, pussy. All right. I, move, I try and move, I move out of range. Come get me, if you dare. <laughs> so, he gives a bit of a scream of rage before he eyes where you are, and he calls you a mortal bastard whelp of a half-bred um, line of bovines. Can you please do me a wisdom saving throw? Seventeen. All right. So, as the vicious mockery takes place, you it apparently goes through. I have DC nineteen. I'm just I'm rolling. Oh wait. On the other hand, it does occur to me that you have automatically succeeded on this because you advised earlier that your ears are currently plugged up and waxed. Yes. All right. So. When that is done, he begins to draw the blade and there is a sudden moment where abruptly the blame sorry, the blade bursts into a green coloured flame. He eyes you off in the sky and then just begins to uh, sorry, assumes a defensive stance. Alright, Tinkrit. Uh, he he's he's dodging after casting a spell. Uh, he might be. I know, I know who I am. So I'm still trying to work out what he could have done. Um, okay. 
I'm going to move in to attack him twice. Why is this doing this? Because it's DD Beyond and it hates you. Like it hates all of us. <laughs> damage so far, I think. Yeah. Is it oh, yes, that is a critical hit because he's got Hexblade Curse on him. <laughs> Alright. Oh, for fuck's sake. Bloody beyond. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Uh, add another four to that. And what, do you double it or what? What do you do? I usually just double it to make it easy. Thirty-six plus the twenty from before, fifty-six. Rob, what's your point with your reduced character? I don't want to. I don't want to say. It's twenty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I would just go look myself. Then sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty-four. Yeah, twenty-four. All right. So with that, the as you begin to get into range, there is a sudden twist to what's going, a, a shift in the um, what feels like space around you. And as you get in close, he suddenly lunges at you and is able to inflict or attempt to attack you with his green flame blade just before you manage to hit him. So give me a sec. Do 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 do. Make melee attack. Okay, there it is. You have way too many things, Rob. <laughs> so many things. Okay, let's see if that goes through. See, it does it for me. It automatically goes through. All right, is a 17 going to be enough to hit Tinkrip? Nope. Nope. All right. So, uh, would you prefer that you deflect it or that you dodge it? Um, I kind of... Peter Pan up out of the way and it goes between my legs and I smile. All right. Easy enough. So that was his prepared action that he had from before based on other factors, that on his own preparations that he's done. All right. Um, was that it for yours? Uh, yes, I'll move out of range again. Mm-hmm. No, not yet. Alrighty. So, he seems completely flummoxed. He doesn't exactly know exactly how he's meant to hit himself when he... the form that he's in isn't actually meant to fly. So, um, how far away have you gotten? Just... Like, he, could, he, could, he could probably jump up and hit me, but it would be a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to say 30 feet then. <laughs> 10 uh, feet. I don't know. That's not... I'm judging from my, my own knowledge of my jumping capability. I want him to be <laughs> at his absolute peak when he tries to reach, reach me. So 
not my, not my skill. All right. So let's say that halflings are like Jack Russells, and they can jump up to fifteen feet. <laughs> All right. Give me a quick sec. Don't you dare throw that vial at me. So, he casts a spell just as you do say that. Uh, make me a dexterity saving throw. That is a nine. You fail. Um, if you have a sleight of hand, um, which is greater than 16... <laughs> so not good all right so in order for that one it means that you will need to make a roll next time um so you can do a roll now and then if you succeed you might be able to heal him on the next round but that would kind of be up to you Alrighty. So Hellish Rebuke flows out and Tinkerit, you are abruptly consumed in a fireball of flame, which apparently is going to inflict 21 points of damage. Uh, did shield reduce that at all? Uh, shield, let me have a look. Mm, where is the shield spell? Hang on, I roll with, I save against these things with advantage, so I can do it again, because of my uh, ring of spell turning. So I'll try again. Alright. Oh, that's better. 23. Alright. Rob. You know how you love me and all that? Yes. I am invoking your Nat 1 stored. It had to happen. You're only one. <laughs> You're only one. Alright, um, so, shield. When you take it a hit, a invisible variant to the side of the next turn, you have plus 5 bonus to AC, including against the triggering attack. Um, because this one doesn't exactly have a thing against AC, I would probably say no for that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, as it is, the two of you are already, have already gotten each other to your last legs, honestly, because he is currently at 98 out of, sorry, down 98 hit points and you're down to three. So he has 10 left, you have three. Oh, there you go, you have seven then. Alright. <laughs> and, and I can actually get hellish rebuke as well. That's my reaction. As a reaction, right? Yeah, it's a reaction. Yep. Hit me up. Reaction to a reaction? 
And he needs to do a dex check, I believe. Yep. Dex saving throw. There it is. Which he does not pass. Okay. He's down to 5 HP. Yes, you can. Invokes another one. You cast it on uh, on the changeling. <laughs> All right. Um. So that was that. Give me a sec. Sorry, he. He gets plus four, and it's another attack. So because of uh, what's his name, blah, 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 hex blade, and my hex, it's a different attack. So cop this. Watch as he rolls only ones. Four and plus four. That's eight. A further eight points of damage from a hellish, hellish rebuke. All right. Get out. Um. Hmm. So what happens here is the hellish rebuke sounds out from the changeling and even as Tinkrit is being consumed in the flames with his clothing and body parts just being burnt away, um, Tinkrit, you are able to manifest some of your magic and begin to redirect the hellish rebuke back down towards the changeling, uh, forcing your magical power versus his. Eventually, the two magical forces worked against each other before you are abruptly able to gain the upper hand and short out his magic while consuming him in your own hellish rebuke. Alright, your turn. Is he unconscious? He is not. He is still barely standing with one HP. That's eight points of damage to him, not four. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use a 20. I'm going to stab him in the head with a dagger. <laughs> Just make an extra double shot. Are you from the oh, you know what? You I'm going to stab him in the dagger in the first time. First, so you don't go. Fourteen is that a hit? It is not. Nineteen is that a hit? My second one. It is not. Uh, well, then I take twenty. Yep. All right. So, you know what the cold dagger does to Faye? Flavor it up for me. What happens, Rob? He fucking melts, and I feel a surge of power as my as all that is trinket, the real tinkered, comes back. Um, and the dagger melts. The dagger melts. Okay. Alright. So, this entire combat has taken all of about 15 seconds to anybody currently watching. However, the final blow of the changeling suddenly being stabbed by the cold iron dagger and melting away only for the dagger itself to also melt under the fierce attack of the hellish rebuke, um, there is silence in the arena before a tentative clapping begins to sound out. You guys can see that... Um, Power and magic is flowing through Tinkrit's body once more, and how does that one look 
from the outside. Because I know Solturums was a big uh, lightning explosion. Yeah, no masters of the universe quite well. No, there's a spark to the eye, and then my teeth seem to go... Fair enough. All right. So the storm hag apparently now I done. Cast, I, I cast minor illusion with the puppet of the bay and Bart's face. <laughs> you mean the melted pile? That is his face now. That's so correct. the storm hag apparently not overly impressed by exactly what has happened gives a bit of a wave and then calls out across the arena that will be all of the, today's entertainment i hope you have found it satisfactory before she stands up and just sweeps out of the viewing box all right gentlemen congratulations you have made it through the session and rob good news you have your powers back <laughs> All right. Well, gents, would you like to nominate your MVP for the day? You finally got up stage there, Rob. Is this the first time Rob hasn't voted for a tinker or hasn't voted for a job? No, it happens quite a lot. Oh, really? No, it, it is invariably the case that Rob votes for someone else, but he always for himself. Yeah, I was going to say, he always starts off. <laughs> All right. And then I make my real vote. <laughs> Apparently. Um, Addison... Um, Addison, would you like the melee, magic, or rogue table? What's going to have my ring of resistance, huh? Um. Uh, good question. What ring? What did I put that on? Oh, it's on there. I mean, it might I'm gonna be. Guess, I'm going to guess to melee or mage, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling melee. Melee. All right. Hit me up with a d20. Nineteen. All right. Unfortunately, that doesn't get you a magical item, but it does, however, get you more money. So give me a sec. All right. So over the course of the session, you have apparently come into possession of an immense ruby worth 2,213 gold pieces. So... Experiment Tinker Trading Company is back in the block. Woohoo! <laughs> it's been a lucrative session for uh, Will. Yeah, that, that's also true. 
Alright, well, gentlemen, uh, very well done. Uh, we'll end the recording there. So thanks everybody who has been listening. We will see you next time. Now that everybody has their powers back, it's time to finally try and leave Thulture and take the fight to the Autumn King. So, 